Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. What are we smoking today, Nate? We are smoking, and now it looks like it was, uh, it's been made by hand, if my Spanish is, is legit still. Uh, and it's from Nicaragua, and it's the Joya Black. Is it Joya or is it Hoya? Well, if my Spanish is on point, it is totally Joya. Nice. I'm just kidding. I'm fucking with you. It's probably Hoya. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I never took Spanish. Well, and I don't remember. I don't remember what Spanish for black is either. Oh, hey, girl. Oh, Crayola has been getting. Have you seen that, Mike? Uh, Crayola on no. uh, like social media. People have been calling out their black crayons because it has the Spanish translation of black, which I can't remember what it is. Crayola is like, no, no, that's the Spanish word for that color. It's not actually referring to people of a certain race. The really ironic thing about that is, I believe those comments were actually directed at IKEA and answered by Crayola. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought we were going to talk about a modern classic, Mike, one of the greatest films that I've ever seen. And it's it's strange because most of the great films I've seen are, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 plus years old. And uh, this one's like brand new, just about, and instant classic. Are you talking about Oppenheimer? (laughs) No, no, Mike. The other one. Barbie. Barbie. Everything's pink. Everything is pink. I really like the style of the movie, by the way. The visuals were great. Yeah, the visuals were great. There are a lot of actually good things about it. Uh, Mostly like when the end credits rolled, because then it was over. Oh my. What are you pairing your cigar with today? Yes, I am pairing it with a Sierra Nevada Big Little Thing IPA, which matches that one Barbie we saw in the movie, the Big Barbie. Um, yes. And I had, to, I had to ask my Sarah if Barbie made a big Barbie, and she was like, no, they don't make a big Barbie. They actually did. Mattel made a plus-size Barbie a few years ago when they started rolling out their disabled Barbies as part of their inclusion. She wasn't really all that plus-size, like plus-size models are not all that plus-size, but she does exist. So you mansplained to your Sarah that there is no such thing as a plus-size Barbie. No, I asked my Sarah if there was a plus-size Barbie, and she told okay. me no. She told me no. Okay. And no handicap Barbie either. Well, no, that's the thing is I remember when I was shopping for Barbies for myself that they have the wheelchair Barbies. Oh, okay. And I think they have like a Down syndrome Barbie and an autistic Barbie and even a vegan Barbie, if you can believe that. A vegan Barbie. Oh, my. Well, the rest of the disabilities, right? (laughs) So did you buy the wheelchair Barbie so you could throw it down the stairs? Yeah. uh, Well, I got it so I could recreate the scene from uh, Mac and Me. (laughs) Well, before we get too far into this, uh, what do you think about the cigar first up front? And then we'll get back into Barbie and all things Barbie and what we liked and what we were so-so on and what we didn't like. Well, this is very dark and spicy. I'm kind of excited. At least I'm mine excited is. excited too. Mine is dark and spicy as well, like my soul. Like this movie. My, like my sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sense of humor, soul, all of the above. I don't know. Should we do like a little rundown, a little mansplation of what the plot of this movie is? Sure. Uh, I can do that. I, I can do a quick synopsis. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barbie uh, and is, is real. They have Barbie land. And in Barbie land, Barbie is in charge. And all the Barbies are in charge of everything. And then there's Ken's. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Barbie's in charge. Because at the very beginning, aren't they like, Barbie is me and we are all Barbie? And yes. so there's, like, all these different Barbies... But all the Barbies are in charge, not necessarily the main Barbie the movie follows. Right. Yeah. There's They have all the different kinds of Barbie. So they have astronaut Barbie and, you know, Nobel Prize winner Barbie. But anyway, Barbie does everything and all the Kens 
are kind of their slaves who are homeless, who only exist to be wait, accessories wait, you're to the, the Barbies. Gun. You're jumping the gun here. I didn't think that they they're they're not slaves. They're not homeless. They never said they were homeless. We'll get into that because that's one of one of my bigger complaints about the film. Okay, and and they have a very important job, Mike. I, I'm beginning to think you didn't actually watch this movie because Ken's <laughs> job is very clearly beach. Very clearly beach. Okay. Yes, he beaches. He's he not beaches. a lifeguard. Uh, <laughs> but to your but to your point, and I guess like without we're trying to do like a non colorful or non uh, predisposed summary. There's Barbie Land okay. run by the Barbies. There are Kens yes. there. Kens generally want to help the Barbies. And uh, what happens that uh, what happens at the end of the first act to get us into the action and get us like what happens to Barbie to get her? Music? Oh yeah, Barbie starts to have thoughts of death, and they f- talk to this weird Barbie uh, who tells her that she has to go to the real world and help the little girl who's playing with her because. Apparently, her negative thoughts are affecting Barbie in Barbie Land. Yes. And then they go into the real world, and uh, hilarity ensues, and Ken finds out about the patriarchy, and he brings the patriarchy back to Barbie Land, and then they have an epic battle, and Barbies uh, win the day. And Barbie Land goes back to the old cast system that they had previously. Yes. So, I think what I liked was kind of the initial setup of Barbie Land. And I loved that Barbie woke up, showered in absolutely nothing. Like, I mean, no water, right? And went and had breakfast that didn't actually exist. So it was all the very clearly like the play, like make-believe stuff that like yes. a kid would do with Barbie. The thing I didn't like was how for the first 15 minutes, the only line of dialogue was, hi, Barbie. And then everybody in the same area had to say that line too. And then she moved to like a new area of the set and had to re-greet everybody else and so it was just kind of a lot of high Barbies. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it gave a good tone to Barbie Land and how uh, this is my perception, but how vapid and empty and soulless it is. Uh, so it's totally the kind of place you'd like to live, Mike. Oh, obviously. Yeah. I mean, obviously. if I could live, if, I, if my job could be beach and I didn't actually have to go into the water because I was somehow physically unable to do so. And then just had all these Barbies running around, like probably be OK. Yeah. I mean, the water is made out of cardboard, so. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't a huge fan of the narration, but I'm very, very rarely fan of narration in films because I just don't like to hear people talking. So that's why we have a podcast. Right. It didn't bother me. I thought it was good in its own way. Yeah. I liked how um, her feet flattened. Yes. Right? Because the was... earlier Barbie molds were only molded for high heels. Yes. I'm not sure if the new Barbie molds were, do they have flat feet Barbie now? Or are they all high heel Barbie? I think they're flat feet. I think they probably just changed the shoe design to accommodate a flat foot Barbie. Sure. That's lame. I'm not 100% certain though. They might still have like going to dinner party Barbie or something. Oh, sure. Uh, Barbie stuck in the deep south or uh, somewhere where Sharia law rules. Oh, Burka Barbie? That's my favorite. That's the one. Yeah. My uh, favorite Barbie of all time was Teen Pregnancy Barbie. Which they actually talked about in the show, or in the movie. <laughs> Wasn't she the inspiration for Teen Mom? I did like that they had a lot of the older and discontinued Barbies, like uh, Sugar Daddy Barbie. And then yes. they were like, no, 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 I'm not actually a sugar daddy. Like, my dog's name is Sugar, and I am Sugar's daddy. Uh, so that was quite funny. I thought it was great. The de- The costume details were good, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like... I guess a couple things, but like the first thing is 
I liked the scenes where Ken and or Barbie were throwing outfits out the window. And then they would like kind of flutter there and be like, this is, and the little name of the outfit would come up. Like, this is Ken's going to the disco rave in 1978 jacket thing or whatever the names were. Yep. That was kind of funny. Uh, and that kind of made me, uh, reminded me a little bit about, which they had they had to do something, but they had to, I felt like they should have maybe worked a little harder to distinguish themselves from like Toy Story because Toy Story already, already kind of did like the funniest bits of the Barbie Ken thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, so then you're going to come and make a two hour movie and try and outdo the, the super hyper condensed like Toy Story. Right. It's not, this movie was not for children like Toy Story was. Uh, no, and I saw there so. were some complaints about parents, but it's rated PG 13. Right. Yeah, PG-13 so, I mean, is for adults. Get a clue. Yeah. Right. It's uh, not mature, like, you know, or high schoolers, right? Right. Yeah. Like mature I don't know. I don't remember uh, Little Bo Peep trying to take down the patriarchy in Toy Story. I don't recall that being a part of the storyline. I remember watching Ace Ventura When Nature Calls in middle school. Yes. Thank God I was able to see a sweaty Jim Carrey break loose from a fake animatronic rhinoceros' asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I, uh... I love the uh, criticism of the Ace Ventura movies that they're transphobic. I, mean, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, that's probably not, not something we should get into on this show. Yeah. We're talking about not. light and happy and Barbie just has fun. Barbie does not run a matriarchy that keeps men down and treats them like indentured servitudes or slaves. And everything is fine and happy. Yeah, Sounds a lot like the patriarchy. <laughs> Who are homeless bums who live on the street. And also there was the a beach. transgender Barbie. They live on the beach. They live on the beach. Yeah, they live on the beach. Did you they notice the trans transgender Barbie, Barbie in this one? Yeah. No, the, they didn't the, call it. They didn't call no. them out. No, I didn't realize that it was a transgender Barbie until probably three quarters of the way through the movie. I thought the transgender Barbie was very passable. Unless it's so. as obvious as uh, Ace Ventura or right. Crocodile Dundee, if you remember that scene. Yes. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that scene. Uh, I'm just not going to know. Like, Right. No, and, and they didn't just, they never, I've respected the fact that it was never brought up as an issue. Yeah. And if you weren't like looking and trying to really pay attention and or watching like news, it easily yeah. it could pass you by, you know? Yeah. Well, and I guess like that's kind of the restraint that I think this film needed more of <laughs> or they needed sure. to lean into the ending harder. Um, but I think that's the two areas where they kind of uh, kind of lost me by and large because they sure like to throw the word patriarchy around and oh, how yes. bad it was. And but then to have like so I felt like I was being just smacked over the head with it. And I understand this movie wasn't made for me, Mike, and it wasn't made for you. Right. And that's fine. There's a lot of movies that aren't made for me that are still well done. You know what I mean? Um, See, I thought it was made for me, and we can talk about it now. I I found the movie to be very nuanced, and it had a lot of political subtext. Like when Obese Barbie, who is apparently a lawyer, was talking in front of the Supreme Court, and she said that corporations are not people, and that giving them political rights uh, in running campaigns is just a step toward fascism. I was like, holy shit. This is based. Yeah, I like <laughs> that one too. I like that. I liked yeah. a lot of the commentary. Yes. And I'm not I'm not saying that. I think I just have to say what I have to say so that we can keep talking about this without me having to like skirt around it. But to to your point when you were saying like all the Kens are homeless, that was the whole thing. Ken brought back the patriarchy because he went out into the real world 
with Barbie and everybody started actually seeing him, whereas none of the Barbies ever saw him. Right. They kind of like peripherally saw them and they were like, hey, you know, you could really make Ken's day today if you just looked at him. And then Ken would be happy. Like that's the bare minimum Barbie has to do to make Ken happy. Not right. that not that Ken should have to need somebody to make him happy, right? Which was one of the points at the end of the movie, which I thought was well done. Like, Ken, you got to go find out who Ken is. And that right. was fine. Like that was fine. And so he wanted to bring back the patriarchy, but then they kept making Ken, Ken like he checked out all these books and he thought the patriarchy had a lot to do with horses and stuff, right. which was, I guess, fine. But then when, so Barbie brings back this mother and daughter, and it was actually the mother who was playing with her, who was depressed and sad and making all these other things. And she also happened, just a strange coincidence, happened to work at Mattel. Right. But she comes back and Barbie's like, yeah, so this is my house. And and she's like, well, where does Ken live? And she's like, the Barbie goes, don't know, never thought about it. And the movie just carries merrily along. And they didn't like, they didn't walk that back. And right. so I, I think like my biggest my biggest complaint about the entire movie was not was not the not the patriarchy bashing, but it was right. the fact that they had clearly set up a matriarchy that was just as bad as the patriarchy, except 180 degrees difference, right? Right. And they never acknowledged that. I thought they could have done a better job acknowledging that also. Yeah. I mean, they got themselves pretty deep in the weeds with this topic. Like it's a tough thing to portray on film, and I think they did it mostly well. But I agree. They kind of left they left that unspoken where it was like, well, the matriarchy is just as bad as the patriarchy. And the and the bit that got me the most, I think, was when the one Ken was like, Well, we want a space on the Supreme Court. And the Barbie president was like, Oh no, 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 we can't do that. But you could be like a custodian or something. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, Okay. Yep. I thought it was great. I thought it was it gave a lot of nuance to the whole patriarchy talk when Ken yeah. tried to go get jobs in the real world and he was rejected because he didn't have any qualifications for anything, including being yeah, a lifeguard. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I just beach. I just I just beach. They're like you know, can't and be the, a, and the one and, and the one talk where he was talking and he's like, I'm a man, give me a job because he saw all those men talking. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, We we don't do that here. Like you need qualifications. And he's like what, are you telling me you messed up the patriarchy? You lost it? And the guy was like, no, we just got a lot better at hiding it. But yeah. then Ken never actually got the job. Right. You know what I mean? So I, f- I feel like there's a lot of ideas that they put in the, into this film that they kind of left like half-baked, you know? And so like either Ken should have gotten the job or the guy should have been like, you know what, bud? The patriarchy only applies to rich, well-off men. Like anyone yeah. middle class or below, patriarchy doesn't benefit them at all. Everybody right. below like the upper 1%, is just scraping shit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, the patriarchy doesn't uh, benefit you if you have a job that pays a salary. Yeah. Right. You need stock option. You need, yeah, you need stock <laughs> options. You need like a ton of rental properties uh, in Hawaii after the land got really cheap for suddenly no reason. Yeah, like Oprah, who is definitely a part of the patriarchy <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Well, there is, so that's the whole thing is like, it's kind of the same thing with the gender affirming stuff is it doesn't really have to do with the patriarchy versus the matriarchy. It has everything to do with if you make X amount of money, you can literally control everybody else on the planet. Right. Yeah. Money talks. If you're a man. She set up a charity. Did you see that? She set up a charity. Are you saying Oprah's a man? Is that what I just Oprah has to be a man because Oprah set up a charity where she was going to pledge $10 million to Hawaii. But it wasn't her $10 million. It was the poors that were going to give her money that she was going to give 
to the shit to the she Hawaii. And that stone stone stonehenge guy wanted to get all that money on their video right that's right yeah the rock and uh yeah, and oprah weren't gonna donate any money they were gonna donate Why the money that horrors gave them they ah. were gonna they were gonna donate the money and write that money off on their taxes so they could just have an extra 10 million dollar like tax windfall that year i know it's weird they just got four billion dollars that crazy bitch yeah, well, they want to buy up. She's got a lot of land on the islands. She wants more. Yes, keep the poor is further away from her from her pool. <laughs> well, I mean, the patriarchy is keeping her down, so she's got to make a yeah, uh, Oprah Town style situation. We should all like. I don't know why she doesn't have a GoFundMe set up for this. Like, let's do it. Let's get her her <laughs> land. Mm-hmm. Lots of Kool Aid. Lots of Kool Aid. <laughs> uh, so the other thing that really really bothered me, Mike. Yes. And this is, you're going to go, this is, you're going to probably say this is classic Nate. Like, Nate's the guy that's worried about the caramel apple vendor in fucking Hocus Pocus 2. Like, why didn't he have enough caramel apples? Nobody knows. Yeah. Why is Nate so concerned about the blue tit milk in Star Star Wars? Who cares? Because the whole tit milk economy thing, like, if it's uh, if it's only on this run remote planet, but we're not talking about Star Wars. We're talking about the matriarchy, and we're talking about Barbie. So this isn't Star Wars film, about the matriarchy. The force is female, Nate. Anyway, the force so- is female. Everything's about the matriarchy nowadays. I can't get away from it. I just want to go and watch Die Hard and be left alone. I'm just kidding, but also kind of not. Anyway, uh, so Mattel financed this movie. I'm sure they made yes. a lot more than they put into it. But the Mattel logo popped up right away, like right the second logo, the second studio logo, and they're like, "Yeah, we got Mattel Studios now." Yeah, I'm sure you do. Fantastic. I'll come down and two of them. Um, but I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of the morning. Anyway, so they show the Mattel offices, and the Mattel offices look like the most soul-sucking offices that I've ever seen since our office went with the new modern office layout. Right. So I was like, well, holy shit, Like, you guys are making this movie. Are you actively trying to tell us that you're bad and evil? And then you go up to the the C-suite, right? And you got all this, the CEO, the CFO, the COO, the other, whatever the other Cs are. All men, of course, and all like really dumb. And so the question then is, I, I know they're trying to make a point about men not being as competent as everybody thinks men are or that men think they are, which is fine. But is right. that, by doing that, Mattel is saying that they're no different than the other companies, despite the fact that they're trying to push a Barbie product that empowers young women. Right. But so they're saying they're they're not walking the the walk that, but they only talk the talk. So, and then I got really fucking confused, man, like to the point of being angry because you've got Will Ferrell as the CEO, and he's like, "We got to get Barbie back. We got to get her back from." from real world and put her back in the box. What's in the box? And then somebody's like, well, what about Ken? Ken's still out there. And he's like, we never cared about Ken. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, one, is that a critique of the company just putting out a Ken product for the sake of having like an accessory for Barbie? Is that two, because they also think Ken is dumb? Or like, what are they trying to say there? Are they trying to say that they are actually like pro-femininity or not pro-femininity? And so they end up going back and Ken comes up with his like super duper dojo casa house thing. Yes. And apparently at Mattel, they're like, holy shit, this thing's flying off the shelves. This is our best selling product ever. And Will Ferrell's like, well, we have to stop this instantly. I only care about the bottom line and profits and money, but we have to go stop this right away. Then they go and and stop it and switch everything back. And the mom from the real world is like, well, I've got an idea for, I don't know what it was, existential crisis Barbie or something. Yep. And Will Ferrell's like, absolutely not. And the other guy goes, well, that's going to sell really well. And then Will Ferrell goes, well, okay, we'll do it then. So 
I'm confused. Like, is Mattel supposed to be an evil corporation? Is it supposed to be a, a good corporation? Will Ferrell's asking people to call him mom? And then he wants to stop the all-time bestseller they've ever had with Ken's super duper dojo casa house. But then he won't do the existential crisis Barbie unless it sells. So I just, okay. they were all over the map on like what their fucking motivations were. I have no fucking idea what Mattel was trying to do with that. Like, shouldn't they have been a board of females and then said like, we're the only ones that are fighting the good fight. Like it's a fictional movie anyway, so you might as well just make shit up. And then why did they put in the founder and say, oh yeah, so she's a big tax evader, but she's got some really good advice on parenting. Right. Yeah, I thought I uh, I actually did research about her and she didn't owe that much money. Like it clearly was probably an oversight because she was getting older basically because she ran Mattel for yeah. like 40 years or 30 years or whatever it was. It was a really long time. You know, from the end of the Second World War all the way into the 70s. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was confused about the whole, like, Mattel. Like, especially when Mattel is the one making the movie. If we were watching, like, uh, what's that? What's that fat guy's name? That does, like, uh, Bowling Michael for Columbine. Yeah, Michael, Michael Moore. Moore. I'm sorry. What's that plus-size filmmaker's name? What's that bo- body-positive filmmaker's name? Anyway, like, if it was him doing it, I can understand, like, trashing Mattel. Because that's what you do. Like, if you're making a documentary or, like, a mostly fictional documentary or a documentary with a huge fucking slant, then, like, you say what you want about the company. But if you're financing the fucking movie, do you want your, like, are you getting street cred points for saying how evil you are? Or do you just not give a shit anymore? Right. And so that scattershot approach, I thought was on purpose which we'll talk about the news article at a later time. But I assumed that it was on purpose, made by competent okay. people, and that the scattershot was supposed to be a more palatable way for them to insert layers of nuance in the politics, because all those things can be true at the same time, right? In the in the Barbie world, they are all true at the same time, even though they're somewhat contradictory. Yeah. I see the confusion on where Mattel portrayed themselves with that part you're talking about where they're trying to put Barbie in the box. And it's probably just something I'm making up, but it could be Mattel saying that the matriarchy exists and they can be in charge, but only within the limits of the patriarchy. So the Mattel itself is a patriarchy controlled completely by men selling stuff to women and little girls about women without actually knowing what the hell they're talking about. Barbie gets out in the real world, and what they're trying to do is shove her back into a box, back into a corner in the little world and space that they created for her, that they're saying, that's where you belong, that's the only place you belong, that's where you're supposed to be, you have to go back there. When they were talking about Ken's super-duper Mojo Casa House, Dojo Casa House, um, Gulag, whatever the fuck it was, all they would have had to do to help clarify things... And to give a little bit of grounding. So this is similar to in the live action remake of Aladdin, when they have the Aladdin guy running around down the alleyways and the filmmakers, now granted the filmmakers on that were nowhere near as competent as the filmmakers on Barbie. Okay. But they decided to just shoot uh, in, a bunch of Al- shots. in the Aladdin movie. Is that Ezra Bridger that's running around Agrabah? Yes. Yeah. But he didn't have the force then. So we can't fault him. They were having him run around the alleyways. And they decided to not even bother with any of the basic film convention where you need somebody, if somebody's moving left to right in one shot, they have to move left to right in the next shot and the subsequent shot, or you need to, you need to like slowly change the camera's perspective. You can't just change it every other shot. You can do a drastic change for dramatic effect for sure, but you can't have a five minute running through the alleyway scene with 57 different perspectives. 
You know what I yeah. mean? And I so think we've to, talked to about give, this. Not on, the show. And to give, not on the show. Not on the show. Just to give a little grounding for the audience. The audience needs a little bit of something. So what would have made it better for me? A man. Part of the patriarchy, I guess. I'm waiting for my patriarchy check. That's like It's not the, coming. Uh, it's like the tribal checks, right? Like I'm part of the tribe, so I get the casino royalties. Well, I had to sign my paperwork to get my man check, so you know. Oh, you just who need do to... I have to send the stamp to for that? <laughs> it's been redirected as reparations to the matriarchy. Thank you. Yeah, you have to go to Judge Rosa, whoever. I went to the women's bathroom today at a bowling alley. I know that you're so brave, Mike. I know it was 31 minutes, gentlemen, before I brought up bowling. But yeah, I went to the girls' bathroom <laughs> at a bowling alley today when it was closed before it was open. Nice. Along with a bunch of other men. <laughs> just to see what it was like. Just to pee on the seat, leave all the seats up. <laughs> Actually, I just needed some soap because the soap was out in the men's bathroom. <laughs> Is that, are you saying that men are cleaner than women because they'll actually wash their hands with soap? Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the women had lots okay. of soap and the men didn't. So back to the Ken Super Duper Dojo, Super Secret Underground Layer Dojo Casa House thing. Yes. You mean Ken's frat house? The coolest house in Barbie land. But if if when they were doing the big CEO scene and things and the guy was like, Ken's Barbie house or Ken's house is outselling and like we're, we've never seen so much money or whatever. All they would have had to do was put in like one little line of dialogue of like, you fool, like we're going to lose all our entire female base or something, mm -hmm. right? Like that's all you need to say. Then we know why they want to cancel the Ken thing because they show just for character motivation within the film, Will Ferrell's character only cares about money, bringing in money. So when Ken's house is selling really well, instead of saying, that's great, we can get some male customers. He's like, we got to shut this down. But he never says why they need to shut it down. Right. And if all he had to say was, they're going to see through our sham and the women won't buy from us anymore if this thing keeps selling, we got to stop it. Like, that's enough for me. Like, I don't need to know anymore. Yeah. I, it, the messaging wasn't like, I like I say, I thought it was on purpose, but it clearly... Uh, it could have been. I'm just, you can do a lot of things on purpose, but I think at the end of the day, you have to remember you're also making a film. Right. I think that had they allowed Ken's house, that would have given more power to the Kens within the Barbie world, which would have shifted the balance of the Barbie world. And Mattel, knowing that that is the place they have shoved the women to be in charge, cannot change the balance of power. It was a power shift equivalent to the power shift like women going into the workforce during, was it World War II? That they started building in factories and they were told, you don't get to work anymore. Your husbands are back at home. Take care of your kids cleaning, cook and blah, blah, blah. And they said, no, we still want to work. And they were told, okay, well, you can work, but you can only be a secretary. You can only be a librarian. You can only be a teacher, which was the only profession they were really allowed prior to that. Or you can only be a nurse. So you can have power within these limitations that we give you and just this little teeny tiny bit of power. So you don't get full of yourselves, which is kind of what they were doing with Ken. Like he wanted to be on the Supreme Court and they said, well, let's not go too far. You can have this lower position and start there, which is what they did to women after they said, come and do the men's jobs because we need you. And then when it was time for them to actually want to work and continue to be a part of the workforce, said, well, you can have this little teeny tiny role behind all of the men again. I wonder why women wanted to keep working after the men came back. If somebody told me I could stay home and not work, <laughs> I would do that all day. Which long. would be great if the person telling you you could stay home and not work didn't also control every single aspect of your life and give you an allowance and tell you what you can and can't do with your money and your house and your kids when they're not Thanks the one so, they're Obama. helping. Yeah, that guy, he was a terrible Thanks president, Obama. wasn't he? Ruined everything. Fucking a-hole. Also, Nate, you're not supposed to respond to the voice of the matriarchy. FYI. I'm not responding to the voice of the matriarchy. I have deep, conflicted feelings. 
down with it. You're definitely responding to the voice of goddess over here, sir. So, yeah, you need to stop responding to the voice of the matriarchy and pretend that it doesn't exist, all right? You gotta be a Ken. Don't be a uh, Alan. Alan was kind of badass. I liked Alan. I thought Alan was good. I liked, I liked, I liked that they had all the, the set designs and the character development as far as like having all the Barbie lore was perfect. It was great. Yeah, I enjoyed that because I had never played with Barbie. I have two younger brothers. We never had Barbies in the house. Sure. I had one Barbie and my my Ken. I had a Ken. Was it the bowling Barbie? No, it wasn't. I wish I had a bowling Barbie. No, uh, I had cowboy Ken because uh, my parents are older and they are big into Westerns. So I had a cowboy Ken so that he could like be a cowboy with my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know? Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And cowboy Ken, of course, made it into the movie. And I was pretty excited about that. I never had a Barbie, though. Uh, you know, that was definitely a patriarchy in my toy collection. <laughs> as a child yeah and i guess like there's been some kind of backlash for people calling barbie too woke mm-hmm. and the response from like greta gerwig the director whose other stuff i i quite like and Whoopi goldberg i guess chimed in and was like it's just a movie and right. I, i'm you know and i'm kind of curious because Sure, I get it. In the grand patriarchy that exists outside of Oprah and Ghislaine Maxwell, of course, and uh, Hillary Clinton, can women say things that are critical of society without being labeled woke? Like, on on one hand. But on the other hand, like, if you're going to make a film and you're calling out the patriarchy and how much it sucks ass, like, all the terrible things about it and that these men can still control and put Barbie back in the box and do these other things— is it enough of a response when people are calling your stuff woke to say it's just a movie? Well, see, and that's where I'm confused because that patriarchy talk was so overwhelming that to me it turned into like the boogeyman. And when Ken was getting rejected for jobs and the fact that the Kens were all homeless and the yeah. Kens, you know what I mean? Like Barbie land was clearly not a ideal utopian society from the perspective of Ken, right? And yeah. So I thought that um, they had turned the patriarchy into like the boogeyman and it was kind of pointing out how a lot of society's problems are probably not due to the patriarchy. They're probably due to other factors like greed and selfishness and inequality and things like that. Yeah. I guess like the way that they set up the Barbie land in the, in the very first like opening shots where they're like, Hey, everything's beautiful and nothing hurt and everything's great and it's always sunny and we do the same stuff and every night's girls night but every night doesn't have to be girls night um you know they set it up as like this idyllic place where it's like this is the gold standard of places and they assume that the rest of the world looks just like barbie land which and why wouldn't they you know like they have no idea until they go out there and see it and so i thought the movie was going to at the very end show us what the ideal would actually be I was hoping but they would do they that. They kind of like doubled down on the matriarchy. Right. I thought that was really, a it weird. It didn't sit very well with me as the ending of the movie. No, I didn't like Especially it with the weird Mattel stuff. Right. So I was kind of like, ah, did they go Chris Nolan on us with Tenet? And like they got so confused and like worked up about the patriarchy that they couldn't remember how to end the film or. Right. Well, and some of the aspects of the real world were fantasy like too, where when they came rollerblading in, the guy slapped Barbie's ass and then she hit him back and they somehow arrested Barbie, even though he sexually assaulted her. Like that's not the real world. You know, you can't just 
if that situation were to happen, that guy would go to jail for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he would have been brought in too, and they would have tried to resolve it at the station or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't just be Barbie and Ken going to jail. It would have been. But how fucking fly were some of their outfits in the real world there? I know. They were great. I love like the 80s rollerblading outfits. Yeah, yeah. People were making fun of him. I also, it was very unrealistic when people were like talking to Ken. Like, I am a man in the real world, and nobody fucking asks me for anything or shows me any amount of undue respect. You know, like I'm pretty much invisible walking down the street as a fat yeah, white guy. You know, I get that too. Well, and so it's interesting because, and we talked about this on the show before, but like when I'm out with the kids, people will come and talk to me. But not really to, they think they're trying to make me feel good, right? Like, oh, wow, like, you're out with both the kids, like you're babysitting or something or whatever. And it's like, dude, no, no, these are my kids. Like, I don't babysit my own kids. You don't babysit your own kids. That's not how that works. Like, this is called just being like a present father, like a present parent. Like, gender of the parent doesn't matter. I'm being present with my children. I'm being active and engaged with my children. I'm not fucking babysitting them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess like... Fuck, I got to write the patriarchy because I need a couple bucks for that. I was like deeply hurt by that. And I want to talk about my feelings to somebody about that and also get my check for 1995. Right, exactly. For having having to have borne that offense. Well, I thought, and this is, again, in the real world, they had, a lady asked Ken what time it was. And they were at a school. And it made sense because they were like the waiting yeah. area. And she didn't happen to have a watch. And it was like revolutionary to Ken that a woman would come up and ask Ken a question about anything because of yeah. Barbie land. Ken is like an accessory who yeah. is just on the beach and wants to like hang out at the party. But Barbie kicks him out onto the street like a urchin every night yeah. so he can just survive with the, the coyotes or whatever is on the streets of Barbie land at night. It's very yeah. dramatic. The important thing with that interaction is, and this is one that they actually carried this through the entire movie. And so I have to give them like props for this. Ken had unrealistic expectations for his relationship with Barbie. Like he felt like just because he was designed to be uh, Barbie's like soulmate or accessory or handbag or whatever, um, indentured servitude or enslaved people or states rights uh, assistant. That he that he felt like wow. he was entitled to spend time with Barbie when right. he very clearly isn't, there, right? you know, and he's not entitled to that shit. And that's that kind of like toxic romanticization stuff of like, well, I'm a man and that's a woman and that woman should like me. Like that's that incel stuff we were talking about. Right? Oh, dude. And so I, at the oh. so at the end, so at the end of the thing, they actually carried this one tiny little thread through, which was great. And I think it had a lot to do with Ryan Gosling because he picked, he chose this role because he saw how neglected his kit children's Kens were. And so he wanted to bring a voice to Ken within this thing. Right. And at the very end, when Barbie's like, Ken, I'm not your answer. I'm not what gives your life meaning. You need to find your own meaning. Right. And it's kind of like that thing that people say to people when people are like, oh, I'm single and I hate my life. And you say, man, you got to love yourself before somebody else could love you. I mean, that's like not to be totally cliche, but exactly. And like, you're not entitled to do all of these things, Ken, just because you are supposedly designed as Barbie's accessory. So I liked that aspect and I liked that they followed that through at the end. And I wish they would have had that same kind of focus to follow the rest of the threads they started. Yep. I did appreciate that they carried that through because I think that's a thing that a lot of women do struggle with. And 
not necessarily in that matriarchal story, but in general, because we are constantly made to feel that our job is to get married and have kids. And we're asked, when are you getting married? Are you with this person? Are you going to get married? How long have you been together? Why aren't you married yet? Are you having kids? Why don't you want kids? No one ever asks a woman why she wants kids. But if you say you don't want kids, you're insane. I've actually had people say, what is wrong with you? Why don't you want kids? Well, I don't have to explain myself to you. No man has to explain if he doesn't want kids. Why does a woman have to explain if she doesn't want kids? So that part of Ken relying on a relationship with Barbie to like make him a whole being is something a lot of women, I think, deal with throughout their lives because you're expected, even in today's society, you're supposed to find somebody, get married, build a life, have kids. That's what you're supposed to do. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. I also want to go back and touch on, you're talking about Ken being asked for the time and him being like shocked by coming out of a world where women are in charge. And that makes sense. But speaking as a woman in today's society, and this is something that we see all the time, if I'm with my husband somewhere, he's going to be the one that they ask a question to. They're going to assume that I have no idea what's going on. We go to a hardware store. If I'm with my husband, he's the one they're going to approach. They're not going to come talk to me. They don't think I know what I'm doing in a hardware store. We went to a store the other day in town and bought some stuff. The guy in front of me was chit-chatting with the guy. He handed him an ad, said we're having a sale. I was in line at the same store buying stuff. Nobody said anything to me about a tool sale. Nobody offered me this ad on the sale. Nobody had any further conversation with me about it. Asked what the clamp was for. There was an assumption that there was no need to. I was there to buy that thing and that was all I could possibly need in that place. So maybe I'm stretching it a little far, maybe not. But Ken being asked a question and shocked that he's being asked a question outside of Barbie is not that out of the realm of what a lot of women deal with in society now. So going back to what you said, Mike, about Ken being asked about the time, did you have another um, thought on that? Yeah, you know, I just thought it was shocking that uh, I thought it was illuminating and they should have expanded on that a little bit, but they didn't. And it like was how big... is a man with no children in the school allowed to be on school property without going through a security checkpoint in California? Well, that's, again, the real world was kind of a fantasy land, too. Like I say, I, I thought it was I thought it was really well done. Unfortunately, the, the creator of the movie didn't come out and say that it was on purpose, which kind of sucks. But they were definitely there's just so many fantasy elements to it. Yeah. And it's a lot of it is over the head but a lot of it's also nuanced and mm -hmm. like like i said i i just i wish they would have followed a lot of those threads that kind of started and they felt like they had a lot of steam when they started a lot of these thoughts in the movie and then they were kind of like well we have will ferrell on set for like four days so let's just let him do his thing and then we'll pick up what we have time for at the end of the movie i guess right and will ferrell plays the will ferrell character that he always plays so yeah. And the other Will Ferrell connection is the the path to get out of Barbie land and into the real world and back was way too similar to the path that Will Ferrell took to get out of the North Pole to New York City in Elf. That's probably I on purpose. Love. It might have been on purpose, but it was like it wasn't quite enough of a homage to it to be as funny as the uh, how they did it in elf sure you know what i mean like and then why would you want to make an homage to elf in the first place because that's a, a man-driven film like let's i mean make an homage to alien then like yeah it's directed by a man but the main character is not a man you know? right or a terminator or like any any of these other like strong female characters that 
almost everybody loves. Like, why not reference some of those in the real world? You know, like, oh, you're a strong and empowering woman. Are you uh, Sarah Connor? Right. Are you, yeah. Uh, Are you Ripley? Ripley? Are you? Yeah. Like, no, none of that. Why would you encourage a real world matriarchy? I did kind of like the kids uh, tear down of Mattel and Barbie when Barbie first went to go see her at the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. Well, that, I mean, it was I, mean, but. It was mean. I, I thought that her portrayal was good because she was mean and unpleasant and she was also very woke. And she came across to me as very unlikable and very teenage-like, yeah. you know. And yeah, I thought that I was mean, on purpose. You know what I mean? Like she's just kind of an unlikable. Most teenagers woke are unlikable, right? Yeah, person with intellectual disabilities or whatever she said, or uh, yeah, yeah, person with r- reality issues or some shit. Yeah, I don't remember the the phrasing, but it was yeah, it was I, it was good. Like she was so unlikable, <laughs> and I and I did like the twist that it was the mom playing with the Barbie and not the kid. Very well done. Yep. I recommend everybody, if, if you're listening and you haven't seen the Barbie movie, you should go watch it. I think it's pretty good. My Sarah, uh, who, of course, would never consent to coming on the show, uh, said that she wherever would let she you, may be. wherever she may be. She said that she uh, wants to buy the Barbie movie and own it at the house because she really enjoyed it. This is what I have told people. We haven't talked about Oppenheimer on the on the podcast, and I don't know if you saw it, Mike. I have not. But I'm only going to talk about it briefly because of the kind of dual marketing of yes. Barbie and Oppenheimer. So I went and saw Oppenheimer first in theaters because I had a buddy that was like, hey, you want to come with me and some other friends to see Oppenheimer? I'm like, yeah, I really want to see it because uh, Christopher Nolan, outside of Tenant, Christopher Nolan is really good. And I don't know what he was doing with Tenant. I don't think he knows what he was doing with Tenant. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Oppenheimer. Uh, and we just saw it in regular theater. We didn't go to the IMAX, even though Christopher Nolan was like, okay, guys, if you want to see the best version of Oppenheimer, you got to go see it in IMAX. Don't, please don't go see it in IMAX. If you want to see uh, 12 Angry Men in IMAX, like a courtroom drama in IMAX, it, everybody with like elongated heads, I guess knock yourself out, but this is not a movie that lends itself to IMAX. Uh, no, you should Avatar. It's, Avatar. It's, yeah. Yeah. Anything want- other than Oppenheimer, which is like a talkie drama. Right. Yeah. Blue titties, blue titties on a big screen. That's what you want. Yeah. Tails intertwined larger than Is that life. the patriarchal oh. slogan? I'm drooling. Yes. Not only women say they're drooling, but I don't know. I guess I don't nowadays know. anything's possible. Men can menstruate. So, uh, uh, and uh, men can have uh, children. I am so. trying to talk about Oppenheimer. God damn it. <laughs> so, but Oppenheimer kind of walked the line in the middle and never really made a strong case one way or the other about the bomb and never really made a strong case one way or the other about if Oppenheimer was a good guy or a bad guy. Interesting. And so, and it's like three hours long. And so I was talking to one of my buddies and they're like, oh, you saw Oppenheimer and Barbie. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, you know what? I would watch Barbie again before I would ever watch Oppenheimer again. Interesting. Not that I disliked Oppenheimer. But for a three-hour movie that has nothing to say and no stunning visuals, the explosion looked like like crap, dude. Like the big explosion, everybody was like all ready to shoot their wad over yep. or respectfully touch their private parts over in private for the matriarchy people. Like it wasn't that good. Like I've, I've had better. I understand that the nuclear bomb being dropped is now politically controversial, right? But at the time, it was not controversial, so it we're trying to take this controversial or the narrative at the time was that it wasn't hugely controversial because I'm sure there are people and the movie goes on to try and say that a lot of the people who made the bomb wanted to do a demonstration on some uninhabited place and just kind of let the Japanese be like, man, this is what we can do. It's time to be done fighting. 
Right, right. That's what, that's, what, that's what the movie claims. Now, I don't have any qualms personally about the bomb being dropped because my grandfather was stationed off the coast of Japan getting ready for the invasion, was told to tie up all of his affairs in life. And so he told me when they dropped the bomb, like everybody was just like, there would have been way more loss of life had the invasion taken place. Now, philosophically, we can talk all day long about philosophically, was that the right call or not the right call? But I don't have any like real world problems with that because if my grandpa died, I wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be listening to Nice Ashes, which is the, I think, most important thing, right? At least in the lives of the people listening. Yes. Or our lives. Right. You would think that. uh, But I think of the two movies, and Christopher Nolan can make really good films, but I think Barbie is the better film of the two. Interesting. Even with my issues with Barbie. Right. The messaging, they needed to add more, not take away. They shouldn't have taken anything away. They should have made some more clarifying statements to make yeah, the edges was, a little sharper. Yeah, you know? sharper edges. I was more engaged in the Barbie storyline, even though I hated the narration, mostly. I can see at the very beginning, you kind of need the narration because Barbie like floats down from her upstairs bedroom. And they were like, yeah, you know, when kids play with Barbie, Barbie doesn't take the stairs. The the toys don't even have stairs in them. They just float Barbie down. Like, it's kind of like the world setting. And so that's right. fine because it's probably the most efficient way to world set, right? Or you have to right. do like a cut of a, of a girl playing with Barbie and floating her down and then cut back to Barbie just floating down without the hands there, uh, which you could do too. Like, that's the whole thing with film is show, don't tell. And Barbie did a lot of telling. And Oppenheimer did like zero telling and zero showing. So it was kind of convoluted. Right. Whereas Barbie at least had a consistent message of patriarchy is bad, okay? They didn't take it as far or they didn't point out enough of the things or they didn't stick to their guns on enough of the stuff. Right. Especially with post-movie interviews and things like that where they're like, it's just a film. It's just a film. Like, I don't know why you're trying to cancel it. It's just a film. Like, it's for women. Like, whatever. And it's like, dude, you're making a huge like societal and governmental and corporation statement here with your film. Like, double down on it. Just stay strong with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question for you because I found it very interesting okay. and, and uh, poignant, but really interesting that in the patriarchy of Ken, of Kenland, when uh, all the Kens were in charge, the main thing the Kens wanted to do, even though they are now in control of everything, was to sing love songs to the Barbies. On the beach. On the beach. Like even in Ken's ideal patriarchal society, the Kens are still there just trying to like interact with Barbie full time. They're not really doing anything yeah. other than that. The whole point is that they want to interact with Barbie. Yeah. And I think that was like that scene was funny. Yes. And I liked it. And that was what like that had Barbie being like, hey, I guess he could have come and hung out. Like every night didn't have to be girls night. But then like the Ken wanting so badly to have that attention from Barbie to like if he was in the real world doing that he would have 15 restraining orders against him like instantly oh for sure and so but that's what made that line at the very end where barbie's like ken you got to find out what ken wants like you can't just do what you're programmed to do by mattel or whatever what have you you know right and it's kind of like that's one of the subplots of wally you know like he's programmed to clean up trash <laughs> or whatever right so you know fighting against your programming whether it be mechanical or societal right like fight against the programming like find out what you want you don't have to do the things you don't have to have a family you don't have to have a partner you don't have to have kids you don't have to have all of these things you know you can do whatever you want to do as long as it makes you happy and as long as you don't harm somebody else in the process basically 
Right. I thought it was very interesting, too, that the Barbies, even after they got brought back to their right mind, said that they missed being like uh, the Barbie in Kenland. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of interesting, too, because there's been some, and we talked about this on one of our most recent, more recent episodes where, or maybe we just talked about when you and I were hanging out and not recording. It's tough to tell the lines mm-hmm. blur between Mike and Nate land and the real world where there's been some women on TikTok or other things that have video stuff. And they're basically like in tears. Like this is what we fought for. We fought for the right to work. Like this sucks. Like, why did we do this? We could have just stayed at home and we could have been at home with our families. We could have been at home with our friends. And now we fought so hard to go and fucking work and it's terrible. Oh, life is pain. Yeah. But I mean, like, so I understood that as like the counterpoint maybe to the matriarchy. But I still wanted that ideal situation at the end that only Barbie Land could have given us, right? It could have been, we're unified, we're Mattel Doll Land or something, or we're Barbie and Ken Land, or we're, you know, instead of, ah, we might be able to find a place for you somewhere lower down in the courts as a bailiff maybe, but not on the Supreme Court for sure. You know, like if they would have just leaned into the... What's the ideal? Because so much of it is the reparation talk. So much of it is the, well, we've been held down for so long. Now it's our turn to hold you down. And it's like, why does anybody have to be held down? Like, right. I understand yeah, they're upset. They missed an opportunity when the Barbies took back their constitution to not like yeah. make it an equal society at that point in time. Yeah. And maybe now, have... Ken only has, now Ken only has three-fifths of a vote. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Ken, go back to the beach. <laughs> Go back to sleeping on your bench or whatever. <laughs> oh, such drama. Such drama. His so, cardboard wave. His cardboard. Yeah, go sleep on the cardboard wave and drown your tears, freak. <laughs> if you cry enough, Ken, it'll be a real beach. And he'll be a real boy. Yep. Go play volleyball, beach Barbie Ken person. Did they have a boys are back in town playing beach volleyball all a Top Gun? I don't think they did. That would have been a great opportunity. They had, well, yeah, they, that would have been a great opportunity. I don't think that that scene where the Kens are singing was really meant to be a romancing scene towards the Barbies. The choice of song spoke volumes. It was the Kens crying out for attention and saying how depressed they are. And it was a very passive aggressive way of telling Barbie that they didn't like the system and they wanted her attention, which sounds a lot like what women have been doing for a long time, which is probably going to get my feminist card revoked. But it's a very familiar thing. And it was very generic. Every single Ken was doing the same song in the same place at the same time. The only unique Ken was the one playing the drums. Everybody should watch the Barbie movie. We're not nearly done with my cigar. I still have three inches left. How about you? Yeah, me too. Uh, I've heard three inches is enough, but not sure. I I guess I'd have to go ask Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on how you use your inches. So I heard uh, Ben Shapiro freaked out over the Barbie movie, but he freaks out about everything. I was looking at that. Well, then that guy's kind of, I don't know much about that guy other than every time I hear something of him, it's like a more ridiculous story than I could even possibly imagine in my head. Yeah, it's, he's a ridiculous character. So I was trying to look up some of the backlash on Barbie, you know, and more importantly, not the backlash of the Barbie film. Because there's a lot of like backlash from parents like, well, this isn't a kid's movie, you know, and it's like, 
do your due diligence. Obviously. Like the internet is there. The rating is there for a reason. You can go right. online and find out why it's rated PG-13. If it's rated PG-13 for uh, inciting people to French haircut, then maybe don't bring your kids. If it's rated PG-13 for, you know, they say fuck once, then maybe your kid's okay going because you probably say it more in your home than the movie will. You know, right. but you can find yeah. out all these things. So I wasn't so, so interested in like the parental things, but I want, and I wasn't so interested in the reasoning behind the backlash, you know, having seen the film, I was more interested in the filmmaker's response to it because that has more to say about the film and the intent of the film in most cases than the actual film does sometimes. Right. And so I was kind of a little disappointed, like we talked about that they kind of walked it back uh, to, well, this is just a fun movie. It's a fun movie that has a lot of political subtext that I really appreciated, even though yeah. it was a little scattershot, but it was yeah, fun. Yeah, it was a little scattershot. Some of it was a little over, over, you know, like beating people over the head, but some people need that, you know. Some people don't understand what's going on a lot of times. Right. And, yeah. you know, but I just, I wish that they would have said, like, well, if you don't get it, then it wasn't, it, like, it wasn't a movie for you to watch. Like, go watch the latest uh, Fast and Furious. Right. Yeah, go watch like, Transformers. Like, you don't have to make a statement. Your statement is... Well, don't watch Barbie then. Go watch Fast and Furious. Right. Which yeah, there's I'm sure of people that I've only it. seen the first like four of those movies and they're up to 10 somehow. And I don't understand it. And it's not a movie that appeals to me. Like I just. I watched. I can't remember how many Fast and Furious movies, like two, maybe. I don't know. I stopped watching them when I became an adult. Uh, So whenever, whatever number they were when I was no longer a teenager. Uh, yeah. When you realize your car or your uh Barbie love interest doesn't define who you are as Ken. Right, exactly. Exactly. Although Ken's Hummer was pretty sweet. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I, I thought it was uh I thought Kenland had a lot of cool shit in it, to be honest with you. I was like, yeah. And then I was very confused because they did the patriarchy flash scenes and it had Sylvester Stallone like three times. And I was like, Yeah, are they trying to call out Sylvester Stallone? Like Sylvester Stallone's awesome. Uh and yeah. then uh, somebody buddies, buddies with our best bud Arnold. I know, right? Somebody said, "Oh, it's all about toxic masculinity," and I'm like, "Why is anything that men like toxic all of a sudden?" You know, like yeah. what? What? I perhaps heard... they didn't mean that everything that men like is toxic, but the approach of all of the macho things in Ken's Mojo Dojo was the toxic personality traits that are being drilled into little boys about how they have to be tough and love things like. Cowboys and macho like, frat houses respond, and Sylvester but the Stallone. the only people drilling little boys are the Catholic priests. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure that every man in some form is a Ken when it comes to their vehicle. I happen to know a man who spent a lot of extra money to trick out a vehicle that they're still very proud of. That defines them in a way that they probably don't want to admit to. Because your car always in some way matches your personality. If you're able to afford a car, it does. And I think that buying a big truck with customized seats in it says a lot about your Ken personality. I don't know anybody that has a truck with custom leather seats uh, and added foam and contouring. Dude, uh, but like, I do know that we if they... We were talking <laughs> about trucks. We were talking about toxic masculinity. And yeah. the most toxic thing about masculinity is uh, the lack of masculinity, basically. 
Meaning right. that, you know, they need like what meaning Ken like was. somebody like took your needed... truck and backed it into another truck and destroyed the bumper and bent the fender. Well, he like needed the... uh, Ken needed the validation of Barbie to feel good about Ken. And that's not that's not masculinity. Right. That's like right. a lack of masculinity. It's not really even about the gendering of the lineity or the, whatever right. the entity. I don't know. The femininity or masculinity. It's not even about the gendering. It's about the individuality. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if as an individual you need external validation to feel good about yourself, then you're toxic, regardless of gender, which Probably. is what they what which is what the Barbie movie could have done at the very end with the matriarchy bad, patriarchy bad. Horses, surprisingly, not that bad. Geese, bad. Um, <laughs> yes, they could have had a goose shitting through a screen door and that could have been bad. Yeah, they could have done anything. Like uh, a flock of geese descends on beach and Ken must defend beach. <laughs> With big guns. Yeah. Uh, I did yeah. like the fight scene because, because it was very silly. Because it was very silly. Yeah, I don't know why the horses in filmmaking, were... In filmmaking, there's only like three plots, right? It's like man versus man, man versus nature, or man versus, uh, fuck, what was the other one? Man versus, I don't know, woman driving truck, something like that. <laughs> yeah, into stuff, damaging bumper and fender. It was fascinating yeah. how the Barbie matriarchy survived for decades just fine and worked together, and the Kens were in charge for, what, 24 hours before they went to war with each other? And they didn't even know why? That's amazing. It's like a great commentary of the patriarchy there. Up in the street, though. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like a allegory for the war in Ukraine. I'm sure you weren't talking about your Sarah, Mike, about the truck stuff that randomly appeared out of the blue. Uh, but my Sarah also backed my car, which I still have, uh, into a light pole when I was trying to teach her how to drive manually. And we were in the middle of this parking lot. There wasn't a light pole for miles. And uh, she slammed it into reverse. And bam, there's a, a light pole out of nowhere. I'm sure there was a patch of ice. And it was summertime. I remember it well. The windows were down. The summer breeze blowing in our hair. Well, not my hair, but my chest hair. Your hair? Your one hair? Yeah, my Sean Connery <laughs> chest hair was being ruffled. It tickled my nipples. But I still drive my car. And we talked about this two episodes ago or three episodes ago or something like that. Um, and Mike, you'll be glad to know I got brand new headlight casings. Did you really? For my, for my car. <laughs> they are so clear. And as soon as I ordered new bulbs, too, I got all new bulbs for the front. Nice. And once once that happens, uh, so I guess my personality, if my vehicle defines my personality, the 2004 Honda Civic Hybrid Manual means I can run on a lot of different things. And I'm just going to keep going because I'm at almost 320,000 miles on this thing. Rusted out, man. Like rusted. Runs like a dream. So my sarcasm will never end. It will keep coming and coming and coming. I think it says a lot about you that you want society to, to stare at your nice new headlights on your old car. Got the new casings and the new bulbs are all perky and bright now. I have no idea why boob jobs are a thing. That has nothing to do with headlights. Why am I even talking about that? It doesn't make any sense. I, you know, I've never understood that trend either. I'm, I'm not like Headlights what is that the fake boobs is like disturbing most of the time. Like you look like you're out of a like a circus show. You know what I mean? Are you talking about like biological women or like real women? Uh, uh, well, the beautiful women of the world, I cannot criticize. I can only criticize the biological ones. So <laughs> beautiful Kyle women's the patriarchy. <laughs> Here's what I here's what I wanted at the very end of Barbie was for Ken, one of the Kens, I don't care which one, uh, to say, Barbie, Barbies, I want you, Barbie, 
to have the same size pockets as all of us Kens do in all of your outfits. Because us as Kens are fine with you having the same size pockets as men. We would love for you to have larger pockets. Barbie just wants a t-shirt made out of the same thickness of material as Krenz that will last more than five minutes against a belt buckle. You know, I think that uh, if Ken would have talked about the pockets, then they would have had to explain that they do make clothing that have proper pockets and thicknesses. You just have to buy like work clothes and not stylish clothes. All You know what's funny is all my stylish clothes have pockets big enough to fit my new phone, which is big. Right. Oh, yeah. Even my suit. And I can I can fit like a ham and cheese sandwich in the other pocket with like my cigar cutter, lighter, <laughs> five cigars, and the fire extinguisher in case I get a little carried away with my cigars. I'd love to know the last time that Mike actually went and looked at the uh, work clothes versus casual or dress clothes made for women to get his information. I'm, uh, I, I think that some of the matriarchy's conversation got cut off because I accidentally hit mute. mute. Oh, yeah. Accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> I think the matriarchy's foot is actually going to go up the patriarchy's ass. I think that I might have had to make a cough and I forgot that you were talking. <laughs> but I have recently looked at uh, men's work clothes. Ah. and uh, You have? I, what, I when have. You were, when you were repairing all of your men's work clothes? I, I, no, no, no. Because I was repairing my men's work clothes and I was like, well, they're on sale at, you know, the store. So I'm going to check them out and see if I can get a good deal. And they had them like half off. And they were all thin ass, weak work pants. I'm like, these aren't work pants. These are like women's pants. Like they're not like that thick. Like I want like 15 weight, heavy duty, like canvas or denim. Like None I of want that matters, thick. Mike. Were they, were they form fitting? They were. How did your ass look in them? They are That's flex. all I care about. They're like flex technology, blah, 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 which all that tells me is that now you have a pair of carpenter pants that are tight. You have to have an ass to know what it looks like in a pair of pants. <laughs> I wear a, be- a goddamn belt, so. <laughs> I wear a belt too, but people like to pants me for some reason, and then it's my fault. My dick is out. <laughs> it's really shocking. I carry a, like, well, I carry a Leatherman everywhere, so it's a lot easier to carry on a belt. Yeah, Plus if I, I didn't carry things in my pocket, I wouldn't need a belt, but because I put things in my pockets, because I have big pockets, because rah-rah patriarchy, uh, I need a belt. Right. Well, when I was a kid, I took a lethal dose of noacetol, so now I need a belt pretty much all the time. Yeah, I'm glad you recovered, though, at least enough to be on the podcast from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in the hospital for days, but I, I, I made a full, well, a semi-recovery, but. Yeah, not a full cheek recovery, but. Not a full, full, not a full moon. Not a full, not a full moon. <laughs> you, were, you were released a couple days before the full moon. That's right. <laughs> Half moon, at best. Well, you're not a plumber, so that doesn't really matter. No, and I don't know anybody who is a plumber who would be listening. But I know everything there is to know about plumbing, all right? Paychecks on Fridays, shit rolls downhill, don't chew your fingernails. I'm sure he's well qualified based on how his pants hang on his lack of ass to be a plumber. Also, no. Mike, I have to say this because he does listen. You know Keith is a plumber, right? <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> his child told me so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was the cutest I just thing didn't, ever. I just didn't want to go Greta Gerwig on this podcast. I wanted to tie up that loose thread. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought my tone was uh, intentioned well. <laughs> uh, me, me as well. But I wanted yeah. to clarify because I know you better than some people that who might be listening. So. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. 
I said to uh, make fun because, you know. Yes. Once upon a time, I was an electrician. And for whatever reason, there's always like the fake, uh, fake, uh, the competition between trades on sites. It's kind of goofy. I don't really know what the story is behind that, but. It's patriarchy, man. Mm-hmm. Horses do it too. It's weird. Horses do it too. Oh, geez. Yeah. I'm a draft horse. I'm a carriage horse. I'm a riding horse. I'm a horse's ass. Like they all fight. So are you relighting your cigar, Mike? Mm-hmm. I am down to almost finger, finger burning. This one was really good. I've, I've never had the Hoya before. No, I've never had one either. The band, the inside of the band is really good. Has a lot of good information. It's like pretty modern with all the Facebook stuff and their website. Oh, yeah, yeah. It says, experience the patriarchy with us. Keep smoking uh, our cigars. I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that. Uh, I do like the design of this one because it's like a like an arrow. Mm-hmm. Does that label give tips on how to effectively use three inches? This label is not three inches long, but it does say for best use, stick it in the mouth. Yes. I think that it uh, gave Bill Clinton like directions, actually. Yeah, he didn't inhale, though, but... Uh, he did not. He did not. There. I did see a Bill Clinton meme today. It was him standing, smiling with Monica, and uh, it was the caption was, back when presidents didn't care if you took a knee. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but um, I'm sure it's something clever. Yeah, yeah. I've never understood why people were so upset about Monica Lewinsky, and then they made fun of her for how she looked, which I thought she looked fine. That's yeah, patriarchy. Weird, that's weird stuff. I don't know that that's patriarchy. That's probably just like pure assholishness, I guess. Sure. I like the meme you sent me with uh, Princess Peach and Mario. Yeah. I thought that was great. I thought you sent me that one. Or did we send each, each other different ones? Uh, maybe I did send it to you. Maybe I did send it to you. We send a, we send back a lot of memes. I can't remember what happens, where they came from, who get, who I got them from, or who I sent yeah, them to. Yeah, where, where do they come from? Where do they go? Something, something, Cotton Eye Joe. Yep. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe Biden. Cotton Eye Joe Biden. Corn pop. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so, Did yeah. You, I, uh, I, I agree with Mike's sentiments. Uh, if you haven't seen Barbie, uh, it's not necessarily a movie for everybody, but it's not necessarily a movie solely for women. I'd say no. it's a movie for individuals secure in themselves, regardless of uh, male or female. Because it, it kind of took jabs at how everything is. It, it made jabs at how things are. I just wish it had more statements on how things should be. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing I thought was kind of missing at the end because you have, you set, they set up Barbie Land as being utopia. And then they found out it wasn't. And then they kind of went back to how it was at the beginning. And so I just like watching this movie, I kept thinking like, man, I'd almost rather just watch Toy Story for the funny Barbie stuff. Like, you know, if, if it was, if it was being billed as purely a comedy, I don't know that it was that funny. Oh, I thought it was pretty funny. Some scenes were very funny. It's more of a social commentary though, than it is funny. Whereas like Idiocracy is funny and a social commentary. Well, that's Danger Zone. Danger Zone. I know some people that don't seem to think that Idiocracy is the brilliant documentary about what is happening to America in the future that I think it is. Yes. but Go to your I, hot I, pink bathroom and cry a river. <laughs> I kept thinking that like, if you want to see a movie where the system is broken and then they fix it, like Zootopia, mm-hmm. like all day long. So I just wanted kind of a little bit more closure than the Barbie movie gave. 
And the and maybe the Barbie movie intentionally didn't give closure because they wanted the viewers to go out and do closure, but they didn't really do a, a very strong call to action to get the viewers out of the movie theater and like making changes in their lives either because they kind of then relegated Ken back to where Ken was at the beginning with albeit slightly expanded rights or something, you know. Did right. they or did they encourage Ken to go and make the world for himself rather than um, relying on someone else to make it for him? They're encouraging the men to make the patriarchy for themselves. Never thought of that. Or maybe the matriarchy is encouraging equal partnership where everybody gets choices and power. The patriarchy encourages equal power too, but women just don't want to be sewer cleaners. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> What I know is that until women have equal parity in all jobs, we're not an equal society. So I'm going to see equal number of women as plumbers and as ditch diggers and as morticians and as grave diggers and as uh, you know, corporate uh, thieves and murderers and uh, all those bad things. Maybe when the patriarchy starts taking women in those positions seriously, they'll see more of them. Oh, I think that women who are serial killers get taken pretty seriously. <laughs> But women teachers <laughs> who sexually abuse their students do not get taken seriously. The matriarchy is going to respectfully decline commentary <clears throat> on this topic. <laughs> I see. Because they I, have I to see. talk about it enough with their husband and they're sick of it. <laughs> yeah, until I see to me, equal numbers. Like the oh. matriarchy and Mike might have a, a post-episode <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Until I tell I see enough journey workers who are ladies, right? I, I, I'm old enough to where in the trades, uh, when I started, it was journeyman. Then I saw the transition to journey worker. And in my profession, like 3% of electricians are women or something like that. It's like, really? You had to change the word for 3%. The matriarch like is going to throw your own words back at you. There was an earlier episode of your show where you discussed... Why there are so few women in journey positions, especially as an electrician with That's an apprentice. True. It's true. I hope the answer isn't hazing. Pretty sure the answer was hazing. It's true. It's true. Here's I, I, I have to take a little is... bit of a character for the Barbie movie because I'm not sure if the yes. listeners have picked up, but we have the matriarchy and the patriarchy on the line. <laughs> and then what am I, Mike? Am I just Ken? Am I beaching? Am I beaching right now? I think so. Okay. I think I That's think good. that you're you're because uh... I can't go I can go inside and sleep in my own bed next to my wife tonight. Um, <laughs> we have a guest room downstairs though, Mike, uh, which you've taken advantage of before. Yes. So you're always welcome. Mike. I thought you were uh, a Honda Civic. That's a hybrid, Ken. Yeah, yeah, that keeps going. I can't be kept down by That's anything. Good. And uh, can can a woman do my job? Yes, they can, and they do it, and they get paid better than I do. Because all my bosses are women. So I guess that the Barbie matriarchy kind of struck a little too close to home for me because I felt like I was just beaching. I have a friend, you've met him, and you know, you've met him too, who worked at a engineering firm. And they had a parity between the men and the women. And the women were making like 15% less than the men at this company. And they didn't look into the reasons why that was. They just automatically started every woman they hired at 7% higher than the, than a male hire so that it would equalize out after like 10 years. And as it turns out, a lot of the women were taking a lot of time off and they weren't advancing like in their careers much. You know, when they first got hired, they were young and they were having children and stuff. So they were just giving the women 7% more 
And the fact that that is the answer and the fact that that was basically the ending of Barbie, like that's why I wanted more from the Barbie movie because they took down all of these like constructs, these social constructs and system constructs and corporate constructs, but then they just kind of let it hang at the end instead of saying until Ken can also run for president, until Ken can also be a stay-at-home dad or until Ken can also do the same thing that us Barbies can do. Barbie land is in turmoil or something, right? Right. And because they already had it, had it inverted. So all they had to do was have Barbie say what they wanted the patriarchy to say. And that would have been a great ending, you know? Yeah, it could have been. starting, But the fact that we're even talking about like starting women or starting uh, minorities or diversity hires at higher rates than this, the, let's just call like cisgender white men like at higher rates because affirmative action just got struck down in colleges. You know what I mean? So if that's, if that's not the answer, then that shouldn't even be a solution on the table. We should figure out what will make everything equal. Like what'll, well, we'll make everything equal. And you have a fantasy land and Barbie land and they could have, they could have set forth any solution, literally any solution at all. I just feel like it was a little disingenuous for a film to take two hours or whatever it was and tear down everything and then just kind of revert back to, well, this is kind of how we've always done it here. We're going to make kind of like a small constellation here for Ken. Uh, but otherwise, it's still going to be Barbie land. We got our houses back. Uh, the Kens can still live on the beach, and that's fine. We don't care. And maybe they can take on some bigger roles in society. But by and large, we don't care about the Kens. Yeah. Right. So it's, Sounds it's like what of, the patriarchy you know, did to women. Pretty sure we talked about that earlier on. Or I talked about it. Nobody listens. I was listening. I was just, we got the stick. We got the stick. <laughs> You, know, you just like killed a, it. I know. I, I, I'm breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> I think we're on like the fifth or sixth wall at this point. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. We're no. we're we found ourselves in Christopher Nolan's Tenant, and I don't know which way we're going in time and what's happening. Other than if you haven't seen Barbie, go see it. If you haven't smoked a Hoya Black, go smoke one. Unless you don't like really strong, spicy, awesome cigars. FYI, the Barbie movie was written by a man. In conjunction with a woman. A woman who got onto the project like six years after the start. <laughs> I did a lot of research on the movie. I was like, what is going on with this? And like the main writer was a man. The director was a woman. She was did a really good job. It she was did a really, do good, a really good job. Yeah. The casting was great too. Yeah. Greta Greta Gerwig's a really good director. Oh, she did a great job. I mean, it should have been a little sharper in parts, I think, but whatever. Yeah, and I almost wonder like how much of that might have been Mattel. You know, how much possibly you, you get some of these films and nowadays we get some of these films and I just want to c- uh, contrast this really, really quickly. And I don't know if you've seen this, this yet, Mike, I know it's one of your favorite movies of all time. And I just gave you the Ulysses cut of Waterworld. Yes. Uh, but that was, so watching the Ulysses cut uh, recently within the past couple of weeks here, that was my second time ever seeing Waterworld. And I okay. remember enjoying the first time. Fine, it was the theatrical version. And my Sarah was like, "Holy cow! This version is so great. It's awesome. It explains like everything. Like it's not trimmed down and, and all that stuff." But uh, movies nowadays, no matter what stance they take, they always almost have to kind of like back them back out and and kind of like undo everything they've done to let the viewer like assure the viewer that it's pure fantasy. And in Waterworld, Dennis Hopper, oh, I'm blanking right now. 
uh, Kevin actor Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Costner. Yeah, the main guy. The main, the main character. Uh, yeah, uh, comes onto his barge and he's like persisting, persisting, persisting. And Dennis Hopper's like, "Okay, well, I thought he was a little crazy at the beginning, but now I see he's just plain retarded or something." And that's the line <laughs> of dialogue you just will never get in any modern film. No. But they're not walking it back, you know. So if you're taking, I feel like, you know, to your point. But I don't know. Like Mattel did finance it, so maybe Mattel said, "Well, we can't have this like be realistic. So the real life stuff has to be fantasy, and the fantasy stuff has to be extra fantasy. And we can't really like, despite all the stuff you say, like you have to go back and say, well, the fantasy at the beginning was the best fantasy of all the fantasy we showed you, despite the fact that the fantasy in the real world closely mirrored like what's actually happening. So, but we don't want people to think too seriously about that. We just it's a Barbie movie. We want to sell Barbies. I don't, you know, like I don't know, like who knows. Maybe they felt if they gave you the ending you're talking about, that you would be disappointed that they went from a society that was completely one way and magically after 24 hours in this one adventure by one Barbie and Ken, society completely turned around and it was entirely equal because it's not realistic. One Barbie can change the world. <laughs> it's going to take a Barbie. I mean. And one, and one Ken can fuck it up. Right. I mean, I don't know if you saw the well, Lauren Boebert tape, but that, you know, inspired me. What? Lauren Boebert. Is she the new uh, Budweiser spokesperson? <laughs> no, no, no. She's uh no. Do you, did you hear about the Lauren Boebert stuff? Are you talking to me or your no uh, you you dispute later? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no you, Nate. I mean I'm your talking to Nate. civil civil domestic conversation later. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I haven't. So uh, Lauren Boebert is a right wing Christian conservative congresswoman from Colorado. I love her already. Yes, and so. There were rumors previously that she was a prostitute before she got married and she was on a high-end escort site, which she, of course, blanketly denied. So now oh, she's, she's in, the one that had all this stuff leaked, right? Uh, no, that, that one, she's running for Congress and she's a Democrat. The Lauren Burbert's already in Congress. Oh. So she's in the Do middle people of people only of a like divorce. left-wing poontang or are they like nuts over right-wing? I don't know how it is. Well, Lauren Burbert is a hardcore right-winger. But anyway, she's in the middle of a divorce, so she goes... To the theater with her boyfriend, who also happens to be a bar owner. And the story that got reported was that she was drunk out of her mind. She was smoking in the theater and she gave her boyfriend oh, a hand one. job in the theater. Yes, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> and she denied it. And then the theater, who filed a report on her, leaked the videotape of her doing exactly yeah. the, what they said that she was doing. <laughs> okay. And she was I, wearing the I outfit saw that. of a prostitute. I mean, I'm not saying she was a prostitute, but she does not dress like a right-wing conservative congresswoman. All right. She looked like the girlfriend yeah. of a sleazy bar owner who was going to the movie theater and giving hand jobs and smoking and being drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that where it was like uh, somebody somebody like posted that in a comp comparison video of like, I don't know, here's the video of like a UFO or Bigfoot. And then here's a video of a uh, person in government giving a handy in a movie theater. <laughs> and it's like yeah. you can very clearly see. But yeah. Oh, uh, you know, like all the police like, have you seen this person? And it's like pixelated beyond imagination. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> even if it was a picture of myself, I'd be like, who is that? <laughs> yeah but in some like colorado movie theater they've got a video and you can clearly see what's going on clear as day clear as day you can see what's going on the best like i say the best part is she denied it and it's like Just what are you thinking who cares it's identical twin sister <laughs> yeah like who i mean honestly like who cares everybody's all spun up about 
pronouns and sexual identities and stuff. And so what if you gave a hand job to your boyfriend? That's that's what you're supposed to do. And he's supposed to, you know, work it as well for you. You know, like that's not a big deal. Right. You're both adults, consenting adults. That should be enough. It shouldn't be a story. I'm not trying to defend her. Well, it, like, it's only a story because she's such a... Uh, well, and, well, she's so high profile and yeah. she denied it. She denied it. And she's supposed to be right-wing Christian conservative lady. It's like, okay. <laughs> I thought there was a thing in the in the New Testament where... Uh, was, it, was it Peter or... Um, oh, I think it was... Was it Judas? One of them was kissing Jesus or something, right? In the garden. They were like on a mandate or something, like a bro date. And they're like kissing each other. And then the guards come in and break it up. And then all, all of a sudden, like Jesus is dead on a cross or something. But like, it doesn't get more religious than that. Like, do what makes you happy, man. Like Roman guards be damned. Well, I know in Romans 2, it said that when thou is getting a divorce, you shalt go to the go to the movie theater with your boyfriend and give him a handjob in front of a camera. Well, yeah. And it says... Uh, you really need to refine who, that any, one. <laughs> any man who lays with another man uh, must be stoned. So, of course, it's 420 friendly. I mean, come on. <laughs> Obviously. It's not explicitly forbidden. Yeah. <laughs> I think the matriarchy should have gotten stoned before we did this. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I think this is spawning a, a spinoff series. It's going to be Mike versus the Matriarchy. <laughs> I'm not going to participate in that, so you're going to have to follow up with Mike uh, when those episodes are going to drop. <laughs> yep. We had to break kayfabe eventually. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be kind of like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, but Mike versus the Matriarchy. Hells yeah. Hells take bets yeah. at the beginning of each episode. Is Mike sleeping on the couch at the end of this, or is he not? Yeah. Is it couch, recliner, or bed? <laughs> There's a futon. No, I sleep with the dog. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. There you go. Well, I'm about done with my cigar. I think we've talked about Barbie. Uh, I don't know if it made anyone listening more interested or less interested in watching it. I still think it's worth a watch. I don't think it's going on my top uh, favorite films list anytime soon. But if I had to pick a clear winner between Oppenheimer and Barbie, I'd say Barbie. Uh, I haven't seen Oppenheimer, but I have seen a lot of uh, television shows and movies that have been produced in the last couple of years. And it's easily better than Obi-Wan, right? It's easily better than oh, a yeah, lot of the movies yeah. that have come out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's better than Avatar 2. Uh, Free Willy or whatever. The oh, Mike was. is gonna cry. He loved Avatar too. I watched it in the theater too. That helps because the big screen and like, yeah. But Mike very didn't love it for the story. Mike didn't love it for the story. <laughs> That's true. No, I loved it for the alien titties. <laughs> I'm sorry, the alien headlights. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. alien bright, clear, newly installed headlights. That's right. Yep. Touched up with CGI. <laughs> Why is this animated? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They said this was live action. I can't get a boner over a cartoon character. (laughs) I'm not a black-pilled incel. Uh, I think the anime category on Pornhub would beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) Never been. So that's an interesting uh, subreddit for the matriarchy to be visiting. (laughs) But no judgment here, because I'm just a Ken who likes the beach. I'm just a Ken who likes to have a truck that has a bent bumper and a uh, recorder panel. Let's bite me, Ken. <laughs> the, the other thing I didn't like real quick about Barbie was they made of all movies, of all of the movies, 
that they could have tried to drag through the mud, why was it the Godfather of all things? Like they could have easily I, done fast. They could have easily done Fast and Furious. They had to do Godfather because uh, men really like the Godfather, and I, I, I think well. These are highfalutin people that wrote this story and made it. Like these are elites that made this movie. They're not nobodies. Yeah. So they're gonna have to do they probably didn't even have Fast and Furious on their radar. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I just think with how dumb they made the Kens, and I'm not I don't have a problem with that. With how dumb they made the Kens, I don't know that the Kens would have understood the Godfather. You know what I mean? And right. and, and, and of course they were like, Yeah, this so man's gonna talk through the Godfather, like, hey, uh, what's this movie? what's the movie you want to listen to while you're slobbing on my balls? You know, like that kind of like mansplaining through a movie, mm-hmm. but you know, it could have been like the narration could have been and all the Ken's decided to pick this movie that they knew they should like, but had no idea why. And then explained it to the Barbies, you know? Um, and that would have fit the bill of like how the Ken's were portrayed a little bit better. And also let the Godfather stand as a classic film and not be dragged through the mud. Well, it's like not part that, of not the, that you have to like the Godfather. But. No, but it's part of the zeitgeist now. You got to destroy all the things in the past that were good, you know? Well, now if they yeah. had done that and had the Kens explaining the movie to the Barbies, would that be mansplaining or Kensplaining? It's a good point. Would uh, would Kensplaining, mansplaining to the matriarchy? Oh, would the matriarchy, <laughs> womansplaining to the man trying to explain the Kensplaining, the man matriarchy, patriarchy explaining movie? To the now I'm back. No, Christopher the Nolan's matriarchy tenant. is just trying no to be informed and understand. I like money. <laughs> I like money and sex. A lot, of, a lot of a lot of this generation hasn't seen The Godfather. Let's just fucking go with that because nobody's gonna sit down and watch that kind of movie. It's slow. It takes forever to go. I've only seen The Godfather once in 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 full disclosure, and I've never seen the sequels. I've seen I them like all. To, I would like to watch them. I've seen them all. Apparently, the matriarchy has not watched The Godfather and does not want to either. I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. My Sarah enjoyed, except for the last season, enjoyed uh, Boardwalk Empire, which is kind of the gangster. Inner, I heard you know, that like, was a fantastic uh, show. Everything was great except for the last season because they thought they were going to get canceled and they or they they got canceled before they could finish the storyline, so they jumped ahead like ten years and in in like film time i guess and didn't really explain why a lot of the characters that we had come to love were now dead (laughs) sure or gone like you know like you just infer like so it kind of took the wind out of the sails of the last season just because they weren't given the time to do it sure was it was that because of jesse smoulet no this is well before that oh okay i believe i don't know everything now seems like it was either yesterday or 27 years ago so i have no idea yeah i get some of that I get some of that. So anyway, we are done with our cigars. Well, I'm not. I still have a little bit left, but Nate is done. I I have a little bit left, but I think we're done uh, with the Barbie and being matriarchy explained to. So let's just fucking call it, dude. (laughs) Let's call it. (laughs) This is a long one. You've been listening to Nice Ashes, and we took on the pink realm of Barbie, which we think you should see. I think that's across the board. It should be a film to add to your watch list. Absolutely. Be safe, have fun. Thanks for listening.